Simon Wollstonecroft is a drummer from Manchester. His first band at school was with Ian Brown and John Squire. His second band became The Smiths. He played with The Fall for 11 years and continues to play drums for Manchester bands today. Johnny Marr nicknamed him Funky Sai. This is Funky Sai's A to Z of Manchester. Hello, Simon. You OK? I'm very well, Jackie. How are you? I'm good, thank you. What have you been up to since I last saw you? Well, since I last saw you, I finally got back in the recording studio. Wow. Uh, in the Northern Quarter to work on some material for the San Pedro Collective, which is um, Ricky Turner from the Paris Angels, and I've been doing it for a year, and we're bringing out a new single, hopefully September, October. Great. Um, so how many are in the band? Well, it's a collective, so people come and go. Oh, just do their little bit and join in and... Yeah. Um, what about when you're live, though? How will that work? Well, last time we had about five or six on stage. We did a video, but we're going to have to reshoot it because the singer's <laughs> left. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but we're working on a song and uh, we've got, instead of um, Sarah, who's gone, we've got Jasmine, who's come in, singing on a song called You. It's all about you. <laughs> Uh, great little song, very uh, South American sounding, with a flamen- bit of flamenco guitar. Wow. Um, and so this is a bit funky, is it? It's funky, the drums are funky. Right. And but, have you helped write it? No, uh, George, the guitar player, wrote it and wrote the words. But I've been arranging and uh, producing it this week, editing drums, which I did before the lockdown. And uh, I'm looking for a castanet player. Can you play oh, castanet? Oh, I could turn my hand to that. How difficult <laughs> can it be? <laughs> well, I was loving a look on YouTube but um, how to learn to play castanets, and it's not that easy. <laughs> yeah, you don't just clip them together. Oh, well, I'm out. You have to use all your fingers. Yeah, forget on that. both hands. <laughs> so I do need a castanet player. All oh, right, well, we'll put that out there. Yeah, yeah. We're looking for a castanet player. <laughs> for the song You. And it sounds great. The other song's called In Your Way. We're going to another studio to do that one. Simon Ding Archers, who was another bass player, the Fall lad, for a while. (laughs) It's difficult to find somebody who hasn't been in the Fall. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they say that, don't they? (laughs) So we'll be doing that in July. Great. And they say it'll come out in the autumn. And uh, I, I love the song, especially you. Great. Oh, well, we've got that to look forward to. Well, tonight we're on the letter G. My first G is the Greenhouse Rehearsal Studios in Stockport, near the Pyramid there. Now, they've they've gone now. It's a Mercedes dealership, I noticed. I've been in there with the fall quite a lot, and I was doing an audition with this band called Airborne in 1998, and I went down in the afternoon to get ready, you know, for the audition down in London. And I could hear a stone... Ro- well, first of all, I saw... I walked past this room and I saw these boxes with stone roses on. Looked in the door. They must have all gone out for the dinner. There was just tons of equipment everywhere. And I thought, oh, wow, look at that. And, I, and then I heard them while I was rehearsing down another room, the little room down the bottom there. I thought, is this a tribute band? <laughs> You know, from Stockport or whatever. It sounded amazing. Well, I went, when I finished my little session, I walked out and their manager at the time, Noel, he was coming in and said, oh, wow, <laughs> is he in here? And he went, yeah, yeah, I've been rehearsing here. <laughs> I 
well, the next day, I think I saw Ian, you know, in there, because I did a couple of days on my own. And that's how, basically, I ended up being back in the band, you know, through a chance meeting like that, really. So, you know, you have to make your own opportunities. Oh, you absolutely have to take your chances while you can. Yeah. So it wasn't long after that that uh, he asked me to join. Mark used to run it, and he used to have one down in Ancoats as well, Greenhouse. But it was a, it was a good room, that. A lot of people used it. The only problem was they didn't have a lift, they had a, a pulley. Well, it took forever to get equipment in and out. You had to put your equipment on a pulley and pull? Well, it was electro electric motor. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it was a good place, that. And uh, Dave Verner, a drum for Badly Drawn Boy for a while, he, he was working there briefly, you know, on the reception. And the Happy Mondays were in there, I remember seeing them. And a guy who's just done a session for me, Rick Hornby, well, he said, that's where I met you, Sai, years ago in there, uh, he said the other day, <laughs> Rick. So, and uh, Alana Pele was walking down there. It was near Dave Bush's house, actually, just across the road. I thought, what's he doing here? But it's a friend of Mark's, Alana Pele. Yes, and Alana Pele was in Hey Luciani. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think Jar Wobble, I've met him down there as well, I'm sure. So, yeah, it was a hive of activity. If I'd not gone there that day, I don't know, you know, I might not have been in with, with Ian, like, you know, in the year 1999, 2000. Uh, I remember one day uh, before I got asked to join by <laughs> we had to go to Rennie's house for some reason or another. So uh, I, I drove Ian down in the Golf GTI. I got there and Rennie uh, walked into his house in Wally Range. I knew Rennie, of course. I'd sold him drums before. And he said to Ian, what have you brought that bum with you for, meaning me? <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, um, well, I, I said, listen, Ian, I'll see you. I'm going. And I left, but it was, uh, their, their second album had just come out and there was a review that I did as part of The Fall. It's what Select hell? Magazine. And I basically said... There's only two good tracks on it, Begging You and Love Spreads. And I still stand by that today. And years later, Ian said to me, you're right, Si. That's <laughs> 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 what he said. So he took offence to this because it came out in print. Because I've been down there to the studio at Rockfield, so I'd heard bits and bobs of it before. And uh, Well, it was the long-awaited, wasn't it? Second album. Yeah, years awaited, weren't they? Geffen Records. But um, I went down there as a, a invited by John Squire uh, to hang out for the weekend, and I drove down to Monmouthshire to Rockfields where they did kill a queen, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> a lot, lot of people been in that studio, and it was a residential, so I got a bedroom and everything. But I hardly saw Ian or John uh, when I got there, and I just was in the pub with Manny, and they treated him like a king, you know. Everybody's buying your trains. <laughs> well, no man. wonder you hung round with him then. Yeah, yeah, it's great fun, man. I love him. I do, and it's, I, I still see him. Well, before the lockdown, I bump into him quite regularly. He said he's given up the base now. That's what he said. Forever. Well, he said I've had enough because I tried to get him on a session. I was doing <laughs> for a girl called She Robot. This electronic thing. We were doing a cover of um, Obsessed with You the X-Ray Spec song. But he said, nah, it's a nice pop song, but I've had enough. 
I don't, I don't need it anymore. <laughs> Next G is the song Golden Gaze, which I, I co-wrote the music for, along with Mike Bennett, who had been the producer on the last couple of Fall albums, in the mid, from the mid-90s onwards. We wrote it, the demo for it at Far Heath Studios down near Northamptonshire, Warwickshire, I think. Residential again. The Fall had been using that place. I'm not sure. They did a, a single called Chillinest there. It took forever, this song. Went on and on and spent thousands on it. But it still wasn't very good, I didn't think, <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> so we're down at Far Heath Studios there in the country and Angus is recording it all with The Fall. Mark, uh, late at night, in the middle of the night, he was wandering around the place and Angus... Uh, the studio producer there. His dad came down with a shotgun because <laughs> he thought somebody was breaking in. Mark said, where'd you keep the booze, cock? <laughs> to Angus's dad. <laughs> I remember that. But that's where we uh, did the demo for Golden Gaze, which is on Golden Greats' album. And Ian said, have you got any songs, anybody? You know, hand them in. I gave the cassette to Ian, who played it. He loved it. And so it came about that we went to um, Sam West Studios to record it. It was a huge studio in Notting Hill Gate where Bob Marley and the Whalers did their stuff. Wow. And Frankie Goes to Hollywood. Everybody had been there, Pet Shop Boys. Smiths had been in there. We recorded the track. Dave McCracken, the programmer, he originally had worked for the studio you know, on a, on a daily basis. But Mark Ian took him on and joined the band, along with Inda, who had helped me out, you know, when I first joined uh, at the Greenhouse Studio in Stockport, going through all the tracks, you know, of the first album, Ian's uh, unfinished monkey business. So that you could learn them all? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came all the way from Leeds, Inda, to show me the parts and everything, which was really good of him. So, we, yeah, we recorded that there, and Ian said, after we'd done it, you better hope it's number one, so, <laughs> you know, which it wasn't. Probably got a number 30-something or other. Not as high as Dolphins Were Monkeys. That got to number three. Love Like a Fountain, that was another one that did pretty well as well. We, we did Top of the Pops with that, I think. Yeah, we did a load of t TV shows. Pepsi Chart Show, TFI Friday which was back at the Riverside Theatre with, uh, what's it called, Gingerhead. Uh, Don't have a go at the Gingers. You mean Chris Evans. <laughs> Chris Evans, <laughs> yeah. I played there twice uh, doing a gig and Paul Ryder was playing the bass or miming the bass when we did Dolphins and Monkeys on the TV shows. We did a few around that time. It was a great time. So you were busy. So that was 98 to... 2000, was it? 98 till just after 2000. Just on that album. It all started from that day at the Greenhouse rehearsal place in Stockport. If I'd not been that day, I wouldn't have been doing that. Gareth Evans, Stone Roses manager, who managed the International 1 and 2. I heard all sorts of stories about him over the years. Not all good. I liked the guy, I really did. My first wife's mum used to have a hair picture of him when he was a hairdresser in Stockport. He had a white suit on. 
he looked really cool, you know, in the late 60s, I think, maybe. This was after I first met him, but he, he, he really let, uh, looked after me when we were going, you know, into, to his club. And he'd get me drinks and everything, uh, show me round. And this is when Mick Hutnell was coming in as well, but I'd not spoke to him yet. <laughs> so The International was great, though. It was, yeah, I saw some great... You know, so fans. did I. Yeah. I t- in 86... I must have gone... Who did you see? Everybody. I've got the longest list of people. Yeah, Pixies I saw. Do you saw the Pixies? Sure I did. And Stone Roses, obviously. I saw Stone Roses there. And the play there in the weeds. Uh, who I else? I saw House Martins there. Right, did you? Yeah. But you could get into a gig for about a quid, couldn't you? Yeah, you could. It was great. 1985 was a great year for going there, as I remember it. And then we used to go back to Hume and stay over at one of the, you know, the weeds, their base... Which they had in one of the crescents there, and uh, in the international too was great. It was, yeah. It While was. it lasted, although there was always a bit of trouble at the international too. Yeah, or the could be. Yeah, it was kind of um, in a slightly different part of town. It was a lot more, a lot more threatening. Saw Hawkwind there. Wow, really? Yeah. I went to see Hawkwind because um, we had a when we was in the fall. We had a sound man called Acid Days Dave. That's what we knew him as. And he'd been an engineer for the Sex Pistols on their first record at Wessex Studios or somewhere. But he ended up uh, tour manager doing the sound for Hawk when years later. Spent a lot of time with him in Australia. Uh, he was doing a lot of the driving. You know, we had a couple of hire cars when we flew to whatever city it was so we could get to the hotel and that. And it'd be always him driving. He always got lost. He did. <laughs> <laughs> so in the massive days, days. <laughs> The clue's in the name, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he looked like Dylan out of Magic Roundabout. Oh, no. He had long hair on the side, <laughs> bald on top. But a nice fella. The next G is going to be Grandmaster Flash, the band who I saw at the Hacienda. When they came out, uh, Grandmaster Flash, it was just unbelievable. You know, the new technology. People still copy some of the sounds that they use now. The Clash were sort of moving into that rap territory with uh, This Is Radio Clash, you know, using rappers and stuff. Future 2000, the graffiti artist, American, he was doing stuff with them, you know, artwork for the sleeves. Yeah, they were just so different. I saw them, actually. Well, it wasn't the whole band, not Grandmaster himself wasn't there. <laughs> I saw a gig game Inder was doing, supporting... Melly Mel and Scorpio were members of the you know original lineup, yeah. and they were they were great, really loud. And where was that? It was um, you know where the the zoo was, the club opposite uh, Deaf Institute. Oh right, okay. Yeah, only about three years ago, four years ago, super loud it was, just like the old days when you go to the Apollo and come out with your ears ringing. Yeah. They, obviously, they didn't have Grandmaster there or a couple of the other ones, Cowboy, he wasn't there. <laughs> But there was another one in the band, and he had, a, you know, an imposter who didn't say anything in the dressing room after, you know, so I said, hey, mate, how are you doing? Just sort of, you had a trill beyond, long black coat, didn't say anything. A bit like Prince or something, he was. <laughs> but, yeah, they were good. That Melly Mel's a huge guy, muscle-bound. <laughs> Won't mess with him either. But it's good to still uh, see the still on the road. Gaz Whelan, fellow drummer 
from the Happy Mondays. Now, I never really met Gaz till uh, last summer, really. I'd seen him around on tours, but we never really spoke much. But he's, he's a dead funny guy. He lives over in Canada now uh, with his wife, who, you know, he met over here. I didn't talk to him that first day in Corbiers, 1985, I think, when they got signed up by Tony Wilson, who was there. But I didn't really talk to him. Uh, he had a bit of a mullet haircut. <laughs> Did that put you off? Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> so I've, I've seen him, you know, uh, venues, festivals and what that over the year, but it wasn't until last summer that I really met him and had a little chat with him. And I really, you know, enjoyed it. We keep in touch, you know, on Twitter, follow each other's uh, posts and stuff. Oh, that's good. Yeah, see, that's what social media is all about. He's doing his own um, book, so... We don't talk about that quite a bit. Oh, okay. And is he still drumming? Yeah, yes, he's doing it. Um, well, I think the Mondays, if when it opens up again, they'll probably go out again. But he's doing his own solo project. And he's doing acoustic numbers, Happy Mondays numbers, in the studio over there in Canada. He's got a guy producing him, working in the studio. And there. how does it work for them with him being in Canada and the rest of them being here? He doesn't care. <laughs> He's doing his own thing, you see, in right. the meantime, until they meet up again, which I'm sure they will, you know, when it opens out, the gig circuit again. So they're still together, even though they're a world apart? Yes. I mean, it's a nice place to go and live, but it seems a little bit drastic. <laughs> What's a bit drastic? <laughs> Going to live in Canada. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm not sure why he moved there, but uh, he, he, he likes it. Does a lot of reading. And he's working on his, his own book. It's great drummer as well, you know, watching him. Really improved since those early days, as we all have, you know, over the years. If you do it long enough. So who is your favourite drummer? Tony Thompson was a favourite of mine from Chic. Love what he played. Jonathan Sugarfoot Moffat, who's Michael Jackson's guy, and Ralph Roll, who's now with uh, Chic, Nile Rogers. He's been with Prince and all kinds of people. I went to a demonstration... Ralph put on at Blueprint Studios two or three years ago. He was doing a demonstration, you know, playing all his hits that he played on, and I'd given you a little lesson as well to you know, to a crowd, and it was great. He's from the Bronx, and he, uh, he he's branched out into making biscuits, and sells them, you know, as a commercial enterprise. What sort of biscuits? I've never had one. Um, I should find out what they're called, really. Yeah. But you can get them in America. How strange. Because I saw them there last time I was there. <laughs> I didn't buy any, though. <laughs> trying to cut my weight down, especially after, you know, this uh, lockdown stuff. Not getting out as much. Mikey Wilson, he's from Manchester, played with Texas. And Swing Out Sister, he's great. Rennie, from the Roses, of course. He's probably my favourite Manchester drummer out of them all. You know, I couldn't touch him. Not many people could. When they sort of got somebody else in, when they played Reading, I think, it just wasn't the same, you know, without Rennie. He's just got a feel that's uh, undeniably funky. <laughs> I'd say Rennie's my favourite Manchester drummer. Craig Gannon, guitarist, fifth member of the Smiths, playing second guitar when they are doing those American tours towards the end. I'd met him on the Colourfield gig down in Coventry when we were rehearsing for the Tube TV show. Very sweet lad. He was only about 16 then, really young. He had a, a Gretsch Falcon guitar, 
which was amazing. And he's dead cool, he still looks dead cool. But when the, uh, after the Terry Hall thing, Johnny said to him, have you got that Craig Gannon's number, Si? I want to give him a ring, see about playing second guitar. You know, they wanted to beef the sound up, the Smiths, when they were in America. So I passed it on. You know, he got the gig, didn't he? Yeah, he did. I'm not sure whether he got a couple of co-writes, but you know, he drives a nice car now. <laughs> he does. But uh, I have, I've been done a couple of sessions since with him. Not that it was Diane Charlemagne or Angie Brown, the singers. Yeah. I worked with them both, and he might have been on one, he was on one of the projects, but I can't remember which one now. On guitar, great guitar player, really good. <laughs> The next letter G is the phrase <laughs> which people in England probably know it as Geo Goy, the clothing firm, uh, based in Manchester, set up in the late 80s by the Donnelly brothers, who are good friends of mine. I've known them since the early 80s, actually. When I was working as a chef at County Hall, I used to park the white chariot opposite the Hacienda. You could park anywhere in those days for nothing. Finish work at four, walk to get my car, and I pick up uh, their youngest sister, Tracy. Uh, Tracy Donnelly worked for Factory Records in the office upstairs by day. It was around the time that the pound coins first came out because she gave, she said, Here's Simon, here's two pieces of gold. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, we, I used to drive home down Princess Parkway and drop her off at her mum's up near Withenshaw there. Before I went, uh, I went back home, you know, to Altrincham. Well, I had a thing about Tracy, but she was going out with Andrew, the uh, Weeds singer. Not more unrequited <laughs> love. <laughs> well, and no, did you I, never pluck up the courage to ask her out? No, because she was with um, Andrew. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't do a thing like that. You know, no. it's not my style. So I got to know the brothers, and when the Weeds were on tour, we went to Scotland with the Fall. In the White Chariot, as I say, over the Highlands. Up to, I think we went to Aberdeen, all the way up there. Great time. The Donnellys came up with us, or they had a business up there, in Glasgow anyway. So they came to the gig and they looked after us and, you know, helped us make the show work, you know, for us. They've been very successful. The dad was actually associated with the Quality Street gang, the infamous Quality Street um, who saw off uh, the Cray twins back in the late 60s, I think, when they came up to Piccadilly train station. Um, they got a good, um, you know, basically told, go home, you know, you're not welcome. So they were moving into Manchester, were they? I'm sure they wanted to move all over, you know, the Crays, that is. Manchester weren't having it. So, yeah, and they've written a book themselves, the, the brothers, which is great, you know. A lot of interesting things in that. They gave me some clothes. They had a, 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 like a spin-off brand from uh, Geo Goy called Your Own. This was a few years ago when my, my book first came out. They gave me a load of clobber so they had something nice to wear. They weren't always in the rag trade. They'd done a lot of other things, including when the Acid House warehouse party started in the late 80s. They had a big one called Joy up in the hills in Rochdale. Uh, I did go, but I, even then I didn't have the stamina to stay out all, <laughs> all night in the hills. Well, you weren't a dancer either, were you? Not really, no. No? No. Don't really like it, really. 
I do it sometimes, dancing, that is. You At know. weddings and things like that? Yeah, when you have to. Yeah, when you're forced to. Yeah, when you're forced to. <laughs> I did when I was a bit younger. I know. Did you yeah. ever get involved, you know, at school discos? Did you ever get involved with the last dance? You know, the no. slow dance? No. What school did you go to? <laughs> <laughs> it was always nerve-wracking, though, wasn't it, to go to a school disco? Not for me. Oh, was it not? No. You know, they had some good music. Barry White, again, he comes to mind, you know. Big favourite in the mid-70s. So you wouldn't be sashaying around to a bit of Barry, you're just listening to him? Yeah, and be getting drunk, basically. Nine girls up, most probably. The Donnellys started doing club nights. They did. And then what made them move into clothing, do you know? Uh, I'm not sure. They were just um, riding the crest of a a wave of the whole Manchester thing. You know, people were buying flares and bobolats and, you know, it's a different kind of fashion. Obviously realised, you know, could have a piece of this. You know, they did a lot of T-shirts for bands, for instance. Ah, is that is that, perhaps that's how yeah. they got into it then? Possibly. Yeah. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, it was. It would have been about 82, 83 uh, I first met them. We still keep in touch. They still put events on over at uh, Bowlers, I think, you know, now and again. Yeah, they're still involved with the Manchester thing, aren't they? They are, yeah, yeah. in a big way, yeah. They've done very well for themselves. Great, just normal lads, you know who've done well in, in the world. And do you still see Tracy? Uh, I'm not seeing her for a while. Uh, she's moved out out into the hills to her dad's place now, and she's got grandkids, so I'm quite busy now. But I, I still love her, you know. <laughs> OK, we need a soundtrack for the letter G. What have you got? I've got Thinking About You, Sister Sledge. I've got Deeper Underground by Jamiroquai. That's unusual. People don't usually like Jamiroquai. Well, I like that song. Yeah. You know, it's funky as hell. Uh, I've got Stupid Girl by Garbage. That's a good one. And I've got Whispers, Ian Brown. I didn't play on that one. It was on a later album. It's it's really good. I like the little uh, remote control spy cameras that you can hear going in and out. Like a sound effect. I presume that's what they are anyway. And I've got beautiful ones by Suede. This podcast was produced and edited by John. Post-production is by Carl Svensson at Tadawa Media Limited. Music by Colin McGrath, Joe Brown, Johnny Smale and Simon Wollstonecroft. And the artwork is by Lee Dyer. This has been Funky Size, A to Z of Manchester. Manchester.